Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Visibly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And today's episode, you are going to be so excited and so blessed because there's a lot of confusion about what to eat and how to eat. And this expert says this, this expert says that. And so we're going to um, really dive in deep on whole food plant-based eating. And I'm just so excited to have uh, a dear friend on as well, but I'm going to introduce you, um, uh, introduce him uh, really accordingly with reading his bio. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now. So it's Dr. Stoll, Dr. Scott Stoll. He is recognized as an international leader in lifestyle medicine and whole food plant-based nutrition. He's the co-founder of the Plantrition Project, the International Plant-Based Nutrition Healthcare Conference, the International Journal of Disease Reversal and Prevention, and the Regenerative Health Institute, a unique collaborative project with the Rodell Institute that integrates a regenerative vision of health, of human health, agriculture, and the environment. He served as the chairman of the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation at Coordinated Health for 16 years, a team physician for Lehigh University and the United States Bobsled and Skeleton Team, and he was a member of the Whole Foods Scientific and Medical Advisory Board. Dr. Stoll is the chairman of the board for the Plantrition Project. And every year, Dr. Stoll hosts the very popular one-week total health immersions in Florida. And he helps attendees recover lost health, overcome addictions, and restore emotional balance. In addition to authoring several books and numerous scientific articles, Dr. Stoll has appeared on a wide variety of national television shows, including Dr. Oz hosting a 2018 PBS special, Food as Medicine, and numerous documentaries, including Eating You Alive, Wait Till It's Free, and one of my very favorites, The Game Changers, as well as, yeah, wait, there's, that's not all, <laughs> as well as being a published author and member of the 1994 Olympic bobsled team. He is a highly sought out after international speaker, and Dr. Stoll and his amazing family. They live in Franklin, Tennessee. So welcome to Visibly Fit, Dr. Scott Stoll. I like to call him my brother from another mother. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, Wendy. Thank you so much for the kind invitation. It is such an honor to be with you today. And uh, I know it's been a long time coming, oh. and I'm so thankful that we have this, this time together this morning. Oh, my goodness. And in honor of you, I'm wearing the shirt that we hand out to the participants. It says, <laughs> I survived the Dr. Stoll's immersion. That is great. <laughs> 
We've so had a lot is, of fun times at those immersions, haven't we? Oh my goodness. I can't believe how many I've, I've had the privilege of being a part of, and I'm so grateful. You do such an amazing job. And I was trying to figure this out. How old is your youngest Faith? Uh, Faith is nine. She's nine now. So I believe it's been eight years that I've been doing the immersions with you guys. So it's pretty amazing um, and, and very fun and, and the impact that you have made. And um, it's just awesome to be a part of that. But let me, let me just kind of go immediately and ask the question, how long have you been whole food, plant-based, and why? You know, about 18 years um, we've been eating this way. It really started, actually, I have to get, always give my wife credit, my amazing yes. wife. When I was in medical school, just after the Olympics, uh, you know, it was my second year of med school, and I came home one day, and she said, I really think we need to change our diet. And uh, I said, well, why do you think that? I've been doing some reading and watching some programs, and I think we need to become vegetarian. So I just came out of the Olympics and, you know, it's meat and it's <laughs> like calories and protein. And I said to her, what in the world? I'm going to lose all of my muscle. Where am right. I going to get my protein? And I spent the rest of my life answering that question. So <laughs> and you still do today. <laughs> I still do today. I asked, I asked that question and my wife was so patient and she just waited for me to finally catch up to her. And now after 26 years of marriage, I've learned to listen to it the first time because she <laughs> usually has great discernment and is very wise. Uh, so, you know, going fast forwarding through med school, through residency, I continue to eat the way that I ate growing up, which was, you know, some vegetables, a salad, but a big chunk of meat, and some, you know, something else on my plate, milk or chocolate milk or something for dessert. And I still had a sweet tooth and I thought I was healthy, like so many people today. You know, in fact, when they do surveys of the American population, and we all know the statistics on obesity and overweight that, you know, almost 70% of America is overweight or obese. But the statistics are that, you know, up to 86% of people think they're eating a healthy diet. And mm. I was in that same category. I mm. thought I was eating a healthy diet, but I did not know. So I started practicing as I was taught. I was a physiatrist doing interventional spine, sports medicine, team doctor at Lehigh with the bobsled team, practicing every day as I'd been taught. Diagnosis ordered studies, do procedures, write prescriptions. And I kept hearing every day my patients telling me the same thing. Dr. Stoll, can't you help me? I'm falling apart. And I thought it was the inevitable consequence of aging. It's just what happens as we get older. We get diseases, we get inflammation, our joints deteriorate, we have pain. That's why I'm here as a doctor to try and like manage these diseases so you can have some semblance of a quality of life as you age. That's what we're taught to believe, right? That's where we're taught to believe. You know that. And so I believe that too, because nobody taught me in medical school where disease came from or that it could be suspended, prevented, or even reversed. And there was a day in my practice, a woman was sitting on the exam table and she said, Dr. Soul, can't you help me? I'm falling apart. And I just asked a simple question. What does falling apart mean to you? And I was expecting something on her past medical history list, complications from surgery, um, complications or side effects from medications, but she really caught me off guard when she said, my marriage is falling apart because my husband is tired of taking care of me. And then she said, I can't travel to see my grandchildren because I'm sick. I can't attend church. We're facing financial bankruptcy because the cost of my care. I'm depressed and I don't have any friends. And then with tears running down her cheeks, she looked at me and said, can you help me? Wow. And in that moment, I felt completely helpless. Nobody had ever taught me how to put somebody's life back together again. And I didn't even know if it was possible. So it sent me on a personal learning journey that eventually took me to, to the place of understanding that diet is foundational to not only the prevention of disease, but the reversal of disease. 
And when we begin reversing disease, we begin restoring quality of life, that, that health span, you know, the quality of life as long as possible so that we can maximize, you know, the uh, relationships and the calling in our lives that God has given us. Um, and so, you know, from that came this, this amazing revelation that changed our family. Well, I love that. And I love your wife, Kristen, and she is very wise. <laughs> and I'm glad she uh, set you on this trajectory of, of what you are doing today, because you and all of you are making a great impact. And so thank you. Um, so I mentioned in your bio that I love the Game Changers documentary. There's a few documentaries out there that I'm like, oh, Snoozeville. This one is such a great documentary because it follows athletes and you're really learning how a whole food plant-based lifestyle, not only, um, not only can they survive a whole food plant-based, whole food plant-based lifestyle, let me say that five times fast, but they also, they thrive. So as a former athlete yourself, um, would you have even believed that a whole food plant-based lifestyle could have helped your overall performance as a bobsled Olympic bo uh, Olympic bobsledder. I mean, would you have even considered it? No, I wouldn't have considered it back then. You know, no. kind of the we always they say in that space the bro science of like sports. You know, a big piece of steak, lots of protein. Make sure you're getting more than enough protein. Have a protein brink uh, to make sure that you got enough protein, because that's that's the fundamental foundation of sports nutrition. I want to put a pin in that real quick because it's not just athletes that think that they need so much protein. It's the average person that thinks I need all this protein. Let's just dive into that as you're, as you're sharing your story about the myths behind that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We have become so focused on that macronutrient of protein in our society. You know, the word protein means of prime importance. And so it is important, you know, it's, it, fundamentally is a foundation of our bodies. Uh, but we've, we've then gone to the next step with saying that protein comes from animals and not believing that protein comes from anywhere else and not understanding that it's the way the protein is packaged that really impacts our health. Yes. And so, you know, uh, as I was an athlete, even at the Olympic Training Center, the food there is still not healthy. And I would work out really hard every day. And like so many people, I believe that you know, I was in the balancing of calories mindset. You know, I burned 5,000 calories today. Therefore, I can have two or three <laughs> <Dessert>. bars. <laughs> Dessert. Sometimes three. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> and, you know, I was playing the calorie balance game. And, you know, for every person, you'll never win that game because we always overestimate the number of calories that we um, burn. And we grossly underestimate the calories that we um, that we burn off when we're exercising. So, and then we never, we never stop to think of the impact of those calories inside of our body. It seems to be like this static equation. It's just, you know, adding and subtracting to the calorie balance. But what we don't know and don't realize from, uh, is that those calories come with a significant physiologic impact within two to three hours of eating. For instance, you know, when you're eating unhealthy foods, they found if you eat a, um, you know, a sausage McMuffin in the morning, within three to four hours of eating that food, it causes your blood vessels to constrict, it decreases blood flow to the brain and causes inflammation in your body within three to four hours. In fact, some of the, 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 um, the components of that sausage will find its way all the way down to your DNA within four hours and wow. start turning on switches for inflammation. But the benefit is, you know, if you get protein from plants, so you have 
you know, a bean burrito with greens or something for breakfast in place of your egg McMuffin, those nutrients in that bean burrito with greens will actually cause your blood vessels to open up within two to three hours. It will increase the blood flow to your brain. It will turn off key inflammatory switches in your body and feed the bacteria that live in your gut all within the same period of time. And so there's a very real impact to the way that you feel your short-term health, your vitality and energy and mental clarity and your long-term health when you eat with that kind of a dietary pattern over the, the long haul. Yeah, so every meal does matter. Every meal does matter. That's right. Mm. Yeah, there's no, your food is never neutral. You know, there's always a positive or a negative impact from the food mm -hmm. that you eat. So I didn't know that as an athlete and I suffered some of the consequences, even though like most athletes, I believed that I was kind of the epitome of health, strong, 5% body fat, fast. Um, but the impacts were um, getting sick. You know, my immune function was down. And so, you know, I would get sick when I was traveling. Uh, recovery, it took me longer to recover. Uh, I, you know, there's injury that happens when your body's inflamed and your body can't repair. So you're at greater risk for torn muscles and torn tendons. Mental clarity, there's a fog that comes when we don't eat well. In fact, they found that there's, we have neuroinflammation in our brains within two to four hours of eating food. Again, they took a group of, um, of just normal participants and gave them a meat-based diet and they had inflammation in their brains in two to four hours. And that wow. inflammation impacted their social dis disconnectedness and feelings of depression, two to four hours. You almost said social distancing, but that causes social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, you feel you know? depressed, you socially distance. That's right. Yeah. So I didn't know that that impacted my body in those significant ways that would have actually improved my performance. Mm, that's such a good message because a lot of people, they look at themselves in the mirror and they've got the six pack abs. They look amazing. They're strong. And yet if you could turn your body inside out and see how it was really operating they would probably think differently if they weren't eating uh, healthy. But we're on the same page in terms of whole food, plant-based. But do you find that there's just so much confusion? I mean, I know I do. People are asking questions all the time. There's just so much confusion due to the mass push of conflicting dietary information from leading doctors and health experts and athletes that are encouraging things like take a shot of olive oil, add butter to coffee, or meat is good for you as long as it's, you know, what? Grass-fed. So what do you say to all this? It is very confusing. When I started my learning journey, it is, it's confusing even for, you know, scientists and healthcare mm -hmm. providers and very smart people. It's confusing because so many exer experts have amazing testimonies of people that changed their life. They have science to back them up, bibliographies. Right. There are books. Uh, and so they, they present this evidence and it looks great at the outset. Mm -hmm. But what most people don't understand is that, you know, the way the studies are constructed, the outcome measures that are being uh, evaluated, and the data uh, may not take into account the bigger picture. And maybe who funded that study, right? And you are right, Wendy, and who funded the study. And sometimes that's difficult because you know, people will, uh, some of these organizations will work through secondary or tertiary organizations for funding to keep their presence um, hidden. And so there's a lot of deception even in the data. And that's why it is so confusing. Um, I think, you know, for the average person, if we try to think about health uh, and diet in the larger context, a dietary pattern of what we eat on a daily basis um, will impact all of your cells over a lifetime. 
and you know, if we're trending towards food, whole plant foods grown in the ground, the way that God created them, those foods always enable health all the way down to your DNA. I think people are scared, not just confused, but they're scared because they don't want to make the wrong move. And so on top of the confusion and the more they do research on the, on their own, the more algorithms are pushing that same kind of information to them. So they think, well, no, I'm right. You're wrong. And it becomes this, whether it's political or nutrition or whatever, whatever you're looking up online, you're going to get fed more of it. So when it comes to that, um, what would you tell the average person to do when they are trying to really discern for themselves? And um, I mean, I think I know you would say prayer and meditation, but over and beyond that, when in their research, what would you tell them to do the, the smartest way to, to discern for themselves how to eat? Yes. You know, it's, it's finding good people like yourself that are trustworthy, continuing to look for information. And you all as a part of Wendy's audience are so blessed to have Wendy as a uh, life coach in your lives. And uh, I know you know this, but I'm just telling you that she is amazing. She always is seeking the truth and you'll find reliable, consistent, trustworthy information from Wendy Peck. Um, so it is, it is finding, you know, amazing, trustworthy people that uh, are going to give you information without a secondary gain attached to it. And I think that's one of the, um, you know, one of the challenges today is that, you know, nutrition has become rife with marketing and advertising. And there are so many products and, and um, services and everything attached to nutrition supplements that it really becomes challenging to negotiate the uh, marketing information that, is, that has been seeded um, with science versus the, the real information that actually leads you to a lifetime of health. And so just stepping back like into the bigger picture, we can look at you know, several pieces of evidence that really give us good guidance. You know, first, we just go back to the Word of God. And if we look in Genesis 1.29, the food system that God created for all life was plants. Mm -hmm. It was seed-bearing plants. It was the grasses. It was fruit trees. It was uh, plants supplying all of the nutrition for all of life. We don't see animal products show up until Genesis 9.3 in the antediluvian world after the flood. People ate plants, animals ate plants. And so that should be the, the foundational information. And, you know, it's really like the purpose of the gospel was to get us back into the garden relationship, garden yes. relationship with God, garden Good. relationship with creation, garden um, relationship to food. It's always going back to the garden. And so we can, today we have such a rare opportunity because we have supermarkets and amazing agriculture that we can return to that kind of a diet in many centuries before us, it wasn't possible. Second, we can look at population health. And there was an amazing book that I know you probably talked about with the Blue Zones, where they looked at you know, five people groups around the world that were the longest lived healthy people groups. And they studied those people groups. Um, and they found that the, the core components of those societies included 95% plant-based diet, eating a cup of beans every day, living in supportive communities, being active, getting a good night's sleep, not stressing. The core components of a healthy lifestyle that, again, we would find in the garden. Let's talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, going back to food in the garden. <laughs> yeah, it all goes back to the garden. You know, even in the garden, there was, you know, the inherent youth stress of like cultivating the garden and working, but not the distress 
of being overwhelmed and feeling like you have to carry all on your own shoulders. And so we look at those people groups, you know, the, all of those five people groups that really um, optimize their health. And we can look at large, um, you know, studies of, of populations like the Seventh-day Adventists, where that we see that a uh, population of people eating a plant-based diet have much lower rates of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, cancer, all of these things. So these large population studies give us greater clarity. And then what I like to do is dive down into the research that looks at disease reversal, because that's really the essence of where we find um, information on, uh, on, on the benefits of a diet and then the activity of a diet on your cells. And so we see studies like Dr. Ornish, Dr. Esselstyn, and others that have shown reversal of heart disease, including opening up arteries, studies reversing diabetes, studies reversing uh, autoimmune diseases, even things like lupus and multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And when we dig into those studies, we see the impact of the food on the cellular physiology. And so what we see is that it reduces inflammation. It actually works on this lining of blood vessels to increase the health of those little cells called endothelial cells, which causes dilation, reduces the stickiness of platelets so we don't form clots, reduces the cancer-forming components in those blood vessels, and so the blood vessels become healthy. We see it changes our genes, and so not only are we healthy when we eat that way, but epigenetics teaches us when we eat healthy, it's a generational blessing for two or three generations. And so we're seeing that plants have that epigenetic generational blessing that gets passed on. We see when we eat plants, it changes the microbiome, the 50 to 100 trillion bacteria that live in our gut. And when that gets healthy, this, it boosts our immune system. You know, 75% of the health of our immune system is founded in that microbiome. We see it turns on cells to regenerate tissue, our stem cells. Um, every part of our body, including our brains, there's nerve, new blood uh, flow to the brain, new brain cell development. All of these things happen when we begin eating plants. And so as we dive down into the cellular physiology, all the way down to the DNA with a plant-based diet, we see the impact that wherever you look, it's like turning over rocks. And every time you turn over a rock, you discover that, it, that works too. You know, every time we learn something new about the body, uh, all the complexities of biochemistry, and we study diet on those complexities, it gets healthy too, which shouldn't be surprised to us because we simply go back to the understanding in the garden that the creator created our bodies to be optimized on this diet that he created in the garden. And when we eat that diet, we shouldn't be surprised that it turns on every possible uh, regenerative capacity in our bodies and turns off those cells that would be damaging, lead to disease, uh, turns off inflammation or anything that would that would contribute to disease in our body. So, it, you know, it's really, it's the bigger picture. It's that umbrella, I think, that gives us clarity and confidence moving forward with our dietary pattern of whole food plant-based. Yes, I love that. You are just um, a wealth of information. You're so wise and and so humble as well. And that's one of the things I love about you and your family. You're all just very um, in tune and touch, um, but you're very humble. What I'll say is a lot of people do talk about biblical health. And I'm curious if they ever talk about 
well, what about the promised land? You know, the, the land of milk and honey. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? <laughs> you know, it's just, I think what happens is that we start to try to read into certain scriptures uh -huh. uh, to find dietary suggestions rather than just understanding the context of the scripture. And I've been asked that question many times, the land of I milk figured. and honey. <laughs> and we have a paradigm where we read into that and say, oh, so that means that they went into the land because there was a lot of milk to drink and a lot of honey to eat. But in reality, you know, in my understanding, in reading some of the Jewish scholars as they've talked about that, um, what it's describing is a, a land of abundant agriculture, that there are so many blossoming fruit trees and, and flowers that the bees have overabundance of honey. So it speaks to the abundance of the, uh, the flowering trees. And the milk, you know, when you graze cows in a rich green field, they have so much milk that it almost just leaks out. So it speaks to the abundance of the milk that's produced by cattle and other um, animals to feed their young. And so it's just, it really is speaking to the agricultural richness of the region, but not as a dietary recommendation. And we just have to always be so careful that we don't you know, put different lenses on when we read the Bible to find things to justify what we're doing today. Right. Like I'll take that scripture and make that mine, but yet you don't look at the, you know, the scriptures before or after to see the full context. So that's good. Well, speaking of agriculture, you are very involved with Rodell Institute and you're working on um, a pretty big project with them, but let's talk about B12. Let's talk about how that is important that we are, are taking a B12, a quality B12 supplement if you're whole food plant-based and just how the soil is depleted and, and talk about that. And then also uh, the project that you're working on. Uh, at the outset of this one comment that, you know, there is no perfect diet. Yes. And so every single diet needs to be well-planned and well-organized. You know, if we look at even omnivore standard American diet, we have fortified foods. We have, we put vitamin D in milk. It's not there naturally. Mm -hmm. Iodine in milk because they use um, iodine to clean the udders. I mean, we have these components in our food, we fortified flours because there is no perfect diet. Partially because of the fall, but secondarily, because of the way that we have stewarded agriculture and the land. If we look at, you know, to start with just vitamin B12, vitamin B12 actually comes from soil organisms. There are bacteria that live in the soil, the same types of bacteria that live in your gut, which is always such an interesting uh, revelation that we came from the soil. Yes. And we are very much like the soil, including the bacteria that live in our gut. So these little bacteria that live in healthy soil um, create uh, vitamin B12. And throughout most of uh, human history, people were eating food from soil that was uh, naturally organic, that contained microorganisms that were producing vitamin B12. And so when they picked a carrot, wiped it off on their shirt and ate it, they got some soil and they got B12. Also, you know, that soil would run off into the rivers and springs and their water naturally contained vitamin B12. So we're too clean now. We are way too clean. Right. <laughs> We sterilized our soils with uh, pesticides and herbicides that kill the bacteria that don't produce any more vitamin B12. And then we irradiate our food. Uh, and so there is no access to natural soil organisms that would replenish your gut and natural soil organisms that would produce vitamin B12. And the same thing with water. So some of the natural sources of vitamin B12 have been eliminated because of our modernization of the supply chain. But you know, all of this really started uh, just in the 20th century. Uh, as we started uh, to ramp up food production, 
to feed more people. And, you know, using technology in farming is not uh, disadvantageous. It can be good, but it's always the philosophy that follows that can be damaging. And the philosophy, you know, coming out of World War II with the advent of kind of the chemical business was that, you know, better living through chemistry. And so as people started to grow more food, actually to feed more animals, they were growing food and noticing that there were weeds. And so they started to spray the weeds and they, in essence, killed the organisms in the soil that contribute to the health of the plant. So now they had, you know, plants with no weeds, but weak plants that were dying, being attacked by bugs, because when a plant is not healthy, it actually secretes into the uh, air pheromones that would attract pests to kill it. Now we have to spray pesticides and in the feedlots, because they're putting animals so close together, we had the rise of all kinds of uh, flies and mosquitoes. We started wow. spraying DDT, which mm. went off into the groundwater and sterilized the, the streams and the, and the land. Um, and then on top of that, we discovered that uh, rather than covering the soil, you know, all the way back to the garden, we have to be covered. We were under the original covering by God. We lost our covering, but gained a covering in Christ. The same thing with the soil. Uh, soil needs to be covered. If it's not covered, it erodes away and dies. And so we started killing and plowing our fields and disking them and exposing that uh, soil and the microorganisms to the UV light, which killed them. So now we have sterilized soil exposed to the elements, which contributes to um, erosion and the dust bowls back in, in the 40s. Today, we're losing a dump truck load of topsoil down the Mississippi into the Gulf of Mexico every single second. Oh we have a, a massive global erosion problem because of our farming techniques. And it's even worse in third world countries because we've exported uh, modern agribusiness into the third world countries which creates lots of problems and, and food scarcity. So the answer is, again, just going back to the original plan. Uh, land is designed to be covered. If you look at the forest floor, it's covered. It's covered mm. with leaves and sticks. And if you dig down into that soil, it's rich and dark and full of worms and all kinds of mm. life. Food was meant, our, our land was meant to be covered. Organizations like the Rodale Institute have promoted regenerative agriculture since the 1950s. Regenerative agriculture uses cover crops to cover the soil protects the soil, avoids erosion. As those cover crops die, they replenish the organisms within the soil and they pr produce much more abundant uh, plants, but they also protect the soil for future generations. Mm -hmm. um, and just an example, I'll just finish with this, that um, as an example of the benefits of the organic agriculture, um, not just in protecting the soil, preventing the use of herbicides and pesticides, which do run off into streams and lakes and impact aquatic life, amphibians, all these other aspects of life. There are real benefits for us that are eating these plants. And they're, they're just um, uh, doing a study right now called the Vegetable Systems Trial, where they planted side by side conventional crops with organic crops, literally just feet apart. Uh, and they are measuring the antioxidants, the micronutrients that are in the organic crops and the conventional crops. And so they've sent these off to the lab. They used purple potatoes for this first round. In the organic crops, the purple potatoes grown in organic soil, same exact conditions. They looked at 26 different um, phytochemicals and found that they were uh, between 100 and 700 times more available and present in organic than in conventional. Harkening back to our conversation about uh, disease uh, reversal and prevention, it's the micronutrients, it's those antioxidants, and it's the fiber in those plants that really have an impact on our health. And so if you're getting 
one to 700 times more breakfast, lunch, and dinner over the course of 10 years, that has to have an impact on our bodies. It is. And, and Dr. Stoll, I mean, I'm fascinated by that. And I think people listening are like, whoa, this is way over my head. And yet, how can I make a difference? How can I be a part? How can I make an impact in this particular um, issue that's going on in the world? And, and maybe you have a place that they could go and check into it and, and be a part. I don't know. Um, uh, but I, I think it's fascinating to see that those two vegetables grown side by side and of course go organic always um, spend the money because it makes a difference in your um, cellular health. So how can someone make an impact? Can they? Oh, absolutely. This is the great news that all of us can make an impact and yeah. together we can, we can actually bring incredible transformation because every single day, we all make decisions about what types of food we're going to purchase. And so we are voting with our dollars every single day. I just want to take a pause. We'll come right back to that point because this is so important. I've encouraged people for many years to start thinking about your food purchases, not as an expenditure in your budget, but as an investment. So move it out of the expenditure category in your budget actually to your investment category because it is absolutely true. We're going to tell that to Dave Ramsey. With the envelope system. That's right. <laughs> That's a good Yeah, because there's short and long-term return on investment in that money. Um, yes. And, you know, we can, I can show you that you will save money in every single way, especially as you get older, because you're investing um, in that uh, category. But if we also just think about our role on earth as, uh, as followers of Christ, that we're called to bring his kingdom. We're called to bring solutions. We're called to bring mm -hmm. restoration while we're here. And part of that role is stewardship that, you know, we're not consumers. We're not here to exploit creation. We are here to steward creation and to make it as beautiful as we possibly can and to regenerate while we have an opportunity. And so by simply voting every single day with our dollars to purchase food from local farmers to support those local farm families that are using organic regenerative practices, buying food at farmer's markets, finding local farms and shopping at those farm markets. It's a beautiful way to connect with people, uh, get to know the families around you and support them. And, and you get to know their children and you see how you're they're investing in their lives. And we do that every Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday here in, in Franklin. Uh, when you go to the store, you can also look to buy from local farms or buy from regenerative agriculture farms. And, uh, and in that way, you are investing in those families and then the stewardship of soil for future generations. That's so good. I love that. And of course, have your own garden. Um, that's very healing as well. I've got just a couple more quick questions. I know we're short on time, but one question that I get a lot is, um, as you know, lectins are proteins that bind carbohydrates and they're found in legumes and nightshades and certain grains and that kind of thing. So people are always uh, questioning, well, what about lectins? Because I've heard that they're bad and and so being on a whole food plant-based diet, I can't eat that. So can we talk on that just briefly? I know we're short on time, but that's a big question. It is a big question because there's uh, there's some you know, very popular books and, and studies. And, yep. and actually, you know, when you look at the studies on lectins, there are not that many studies that would indicate lectins are going to impact your health. There's only been one study that I'm aware of where um, uh, the consumption of beans actually caused an illness and it was undercooked beans in a hospital that mm. cause an illness. Other than that, there are no studies that I'm aware of today that would tie lectins to disease. It's kind of, it's a hypothetical um, <clears throat> argument, but there's no research behind it. The other interesting thing to understand is that when you cook foods, especially cooked beans or lentils, it completely disables 
lectins. So they have no impact on our bodies. So consuming beans and lentils has actually been shown in hundreds of studies to reduce risk of all lifestyle-related diseases, to reduce inflammation, and to improve health. And in fact, the one component of all of those five people groups that we uh, talked about earlier, the one component of their diets that was uh, directly tied to health was the consumption of be a cup of beans every single day. <clears throat> and so, you know, there's, there's no evidence on the research side. It's a hypothetical argument. But on the other side, when we actually look at the research around beans and lentils and vegetables, there's tremendous evidence. Uh, from every aspect of the physiologic research to the population research that the consumption of vegetables, beans and lentils reduces disease and improves health. Um, and then finally, just to reiterate that piece, when you cook them, the, the lectins are no longer viable. And so cooked beans and lentils are actually very healthy. And it was, uh, it was very telling that the author of one of these books was on a, a sh the doctor's show and you know, talking about lectins and how they impact your body. But he, in Q&A later, he admitted that he eats beans every single day. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can look it up. It's on there. It's, <laughs> That's interesting. On the doctor's show. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, because the lectins uh, don't cause a problem after they've been cooked. And he knows that beans are actually good. Interesting. Interesting. Well, two more questions. One is... What do you think the hidden pitfall is that keeps people from succeeding in a whole food plant-based lifestyle? This is such a good question. We should come back and tackle this. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, we should have a part two, a part two. We'll have a part two because this is, this is the most important, but I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll set it up this way. You know, okay. for so long, we have been told you are what you eat and that's mm -hmm. true, but that's not where health begins. Then we're told you are what you think. And that's true. And thinking is important. And the words that we speak is important. Where health begins, our choices around diet um, really become uh, driven is what we believe. So you mm. are what you believe. And so this is really important for us as believers. It's important for us in understanding health because out of belief comes conviction. If you don't have belief, you won't have conviction. You won't have motivation. So you may think or have an intellectual understanding of diet, but if you don't really believe it, you won't have the conviction and you'll make different choices. We can have an intellectual understanding of Christianity, but if we don't really believe it, we won't have conviction. Mm -hmm. We won't make the right choices. So your health, everything that you do in life goes back to what you believe. And it's, you know, we're not often taught to really um, take a good look at what we, we actually believe because we think a lot of things. But it's the belief that drives conviction. So if we look at our convictions, or sometimes we look at the places in our life where we don't have convictions, it will lead us back to areas in our life where we can begin to ask ourselves, what do I believe to be true about whole plant-based diet? What do I believe to be true about my place in this world as a Christian? And by asking those questions and seeking out answers, we can really clarify our belief systems. And when we believe the right way, we will have convictions and you'll always make the right choice, even in difficult uh, situations. You know, as an example, I was just reading um, in the book of Acts, just uh, I've been studying it the last month and you read about Stephen um, and, you know, he knew his identity uh, was founded and rooted in the belief who he knew he was in Christ. And so when he was brought before those Jewish leaders and they were hurling all kinds of accusations against him and lies and bringing false um, witnesses against him, 
he didn't even defend himself because he was listening to the Holy Spirit. He knew who he was. His convictions were that he was absolutely safe and secure in Christ. And he was able to stand even in the midst of that assembly. And when they looked at his face, he glowed like an angel. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't trying to defend himself because he had the conviction to know who he was and who was taking care of him. And that it was all going to work out um, because Christ was there with him. And so it's, it's what, you know, what ends up driving us in our food decisions. <clears throat> it's not just learning more, it's learning and believing that this is the right way. And when we learn and believe it's the right way, no matter where you go, you'll figure it out. You know, that's what we've seen. You've seen that with so many of your clients. When they really believe it's true, they figure it out. Airports, traveling, you figure it yes, out. Yes, you do. You, you do. believe and it you and you're convicted to, to solve it. You would be so proud of Keegan, Scott, because he's, you know, in the Space Force right now and all of his buddies are making fun of him because he's eating salads with every meal and they're eating the cheeseburgers and whatever. And he's eating really healthy. So, you know, uh, what we do uh, does create a ripple effect. So um, I love that. I love that. I know you'd be proud. So no matter how much he's getting picked on, he's still doing it. <laughs> so um, let's end on this fun note, because I know you well, um, others listening may not, but I want to know something that maybe I don't know about you, or maybe nobody knows about you. Something fun, something uh, unique. What's what's something that you want to share that um, might be just kind of a fun little Dr. Skull, Dr. Stoll fact? You know, what's kind of fun is that um, I, we still love sledding. You know, so whenever we get snow, uh, we sled. Even my wife and I will go sledding. You know, we're, we're in our early I've seen 50s those videos. They're sledding, fun. So we, <laughs> You know, we had uh, we had some snow in Tennessee and some ice this year, and my wife and I were out on the sled, going down the hill and having the time of our lives. So, uh, we we love to have fun any and every way, and and uh, the greatest joy is doing it with my wife. I love that. Well, thank you, Dr. Stoll, and give my love and and regards to Kristen and the kids and. He's got six kids, by the way, and three grandkids. So they are very busy. So um, God bless you, my friend. Thank you for uh, being on Visibly Fit. And thank you for sharing your wealth of information. And um, people can go and find out more about you at drscottstoll.com. Is that correct? Yeah. And also the Plantrition Project. Um, yes. Plantritionproject.org. Oh. There's lots of great resources there. Huge. And uh, at the Rodale Institute. Uh, dot org. There's information about our regenerative health project there. So awesome to connect with you in every way. And I just want to thank you, Wendy, for inviting me to be here. You are such a wonderful friend. Um, mm -hmm. I just love to support you in every way and just uh, want to speak blessings over your continued work and, and everybody that's uh, watching this podcast. I just speak a blessing over your life that your life would abound in every way and that you would walk into a greater encounter with the living Jesus Christ and that his light would be magnificent through your life as you impact the world around you. Oh, thank you. God bless you. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing, not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.